Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The foreword in the book, was it Sir Ben Kingsley who yes, did the foreword? Yes, Sir Ben Kingsley, yeah. He called me and, and we met at my daughter's house. He's the most unbelievable, wonderful human being I have ever ever met is a highlight of my life the uh, one hour together he That's is a gem. he is even nicer in person he's he's great as an actor but as a person i have met i have never met anybody better did he say to you tova i'd like to contribute a forward to your book no i asked him oh yeah <laughs> i have hotspur well you know i thought that <laughs> I I thought that after spending an hour together, and it was yeah. such a good hour, and he said to me, "If I ever make another Holocaust film, I'm going to dedicate it to you." And oh. he said such nice things about me that my son put uh, he taped it, you know, a little tape. So I thought I'll take a chance, and he was so wonderful, and he did it right away. Love it, love it. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Allison Interviews podcast. This is part two of my interview with Holocaust survivor Tova Friedman, where we discuss her amazing, meaningful, beautiful new memoir, The Daughter of Auschwitz. And in part two of this episode with Tova Friedman, we go into a topic that I think is extremely important. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to speak with Tova and share her story with my listeners and my viewers. And that is the journey of human resilience. And what's so phenomenally interesting to me is that no matter what a human being goes through, we as human beings have the ability to bounce back, to be resilient, to overcome, and to reinvent ourselves. And you would think that the horrors of the Holocaust and the horrors of being in Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp as a small child would completely do somebody in, right? That it would break your spirit there's nowhere to go from there. You're just traumatized and there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, but that isn't so. And Tova is a living example of this. She went on to, if you listen to uh, part one of the episode, she went on to eventually emigrate to the United States, to New York City, where a lot of Eastern European Jewish people emigrated to New York through Ellis Island at that point in time. 
She was very fortunate to meet her husband-to-be when she was uh, just a teenager, and she finished school. Uh, she got married. She raised four beautiful children. She's got a bunch of grandchildren, and she now goes around speaking and writing and doing all of this advocacy work. And on top of that, she is a therapist and she's 84 years old and she's still working full time. Beyond writing her book and promoting her book, she is a full-time therapist. And one of the things that we discussed, particularly in part two of this episode, is I said to her, you know, you have a lot of strong sense memory. You remember everything from seeing people be killed to the smell of the crematorium when people were gassed and then cremated. I mean, so many things that she took in as a small child, visually, things that she heard, things that she smelled. I mean, everything, you name it. And I said, how do you process that trauma? Is it, is it a process every day? What exactly do you do? And she explains in this part of the interview exactly how she overcame, how she has processed this trauma over the period of her adult life, and how she helps other people as a therapist, how she helps her clients process different kinds of trauma. And one thing that I gained as a beautiful gift from interviewing her is the gift of perspective, right? And we're always trying to get perspective as human beings. But when you speak to somebody like that, it makes you realize that the little things that we go through, the little annoyances and aggravations and stresses that we go through every day, just as everyday people, is just pales in comparison to what she went through, right? And, and I'm not downplaying anybody else's stress or trauma because it's all relative. But what's wonderful and it's such a gift is when you listen to somebody like this and even just seeing that she's alive and she's thriving and she created a beautiful life for herself, it really does instantly put everything into perspective. And to me, that was a beautiful gift that I got from interviewing her. And I hope that that same gift is passed along to you as you either listen to or watch this podcast, both part one and part two. So if you didn't see or listen to part one of my interview with Tova Friedman, please go back and listen to part one and then go ahead and listen to part two because it's both are equally important, but very, very different, the things that we cover in part one and part two. You can also find Tova at Tova Friedman on TikTok. Her grandson helped her set up her TikTok account and she's she's got tons of followers. She's like killing it on TikTok. And what's great is that she she discusses her experience. She discusses World War II, the Holocaust, her time in Auschwitz-Birkenau, but she does it in small digestible videos where she actually answers questions from fellow TikTok users. And the reason I think her TikTok account is so great is because she's able to answer these questions to a whole new generation of young people who maybe don't know as much about this period in history as they should or could. And I think that this is something that we can never forget. So go to TikTok and follow her at Tova Friedman. Pick up a copy of her memoir, The Daughter of Auschwitz. It is a hell of a journey and it will change you forever. So sit back, relax, and listen to part two of my episode with Ms. Tova Friedman. So obviously your parents were, were Jewish because you're Jewish by origin. Were they religious? And what were their beliefs in God? What was their belief system? Your parents? Well, my mother was very religious. She came from a religious family. 
-hmm. My father was what we would call conservative. I don't know if you know the difference. Yes, yes, but a little bit more than more religious. But after the war, my mother had complete doubts. She okay. couldn't. She lost 150 people, and they were all very religious. They were okay. ultra, ultra. They were all rabbis and scholars, and she thought that if God can take, and, and, and she had nobody left, not a single cousin yes. was left, then why should she be so Jewish? But she did stay Jewish till her death, but without a passion. She did it by habit. There right. was this, this passion of, you know, going to the temple and all that. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I just had, have you ever seen the movie, Oh God, with George Burns? and John Yeah, yeah, Dutch? yeah. Very funny, right? Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. It was, I think it's from the 70s. And there's one point where John Denver says to George Burns, who plays God, he says, how can you permit the suffering that goes on in the world? And God says, how can I permit the suffering? I don't permit the suffering. You do. He said, I gave you a world and everything in it. You can love and cherish each other. Or you could kill each other. Well, and that really spoke yeah. to me. Because, yeah. Because I don't, because I think that there is a higher power. There is an energy source. There is a God. But I feel that once you put free will into the mix, people have the choice to follow a path of love or fear. And I really believe that a lot of the things that go on on this planet are not because there's no God, but because we were given the gift of free will. And sometimes it doesn't go right. I agree with you. Um, And that's why I have good days and bad days where I believe in God and days when I don't believe in God. But uh, the days when I do, uh, I see the good stuff that's happening, especially to me personally. Right. And I say to myself, it isn't he who put me into Auschwitz. It's other people because mm-hmm. he gave them the same free will he gave me. But I chose this and they chose the other. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, a puzzle. What's interesting to me is that if you don't believe in miracles, that would be like an oxymoron to me because your life is a miracle. No, I do. I do. Right? <laughs> the, and, the fact no. that you're 84 years old and the fact that you lived through being in a ghetto, being in a, the worst concentration camp, being malnourished at a time when your body needs that nutrition to grow and develop and thrive. And the fact that there were so many quote unquote opportunities for your life to end and it didn't yeah right and and even after the war there were all kinds of miracles i had cancer and i came out fine 25 years ago you know I, i i can look at the miracles all along there was something there that i'm meant to be here and that's why i wrote the book right that and that makes that makes so much sense. Yeah, and I did it during COVID, during the worst time. Right, maybe made you slow down and realize that you needed to write a book. Right, and I did it with somebody in London, whom I didn't see much. So okay. we were co-writers, and he's completely different. He is a war correspondent, and he's not Jewish. Oh wow! And, 
Yeah, and we sort of worked it out back and forth. When I wrote, he was sleeping. When he wrote, <laughs> I was sleeping. So, you know, we sort of, but we got through it. And his name is Malcolm Brabant? Brabant? Yeah, yeah he okay. is a war correspondent for PBS. He lives in and London. And how did you, well, how did the book come about? Um did somebody approach you or did you just simply start writing and then approach? No, no. Well, I started many, many times, but I didn't have the discipline. I have lots of okay. papers I wrote. I didn't, I did one chapter, but what happened? I was in Poland, 75th anniversary of liberation of Auschwitz. Mm-hmm. I went there with my daughter-in-law for a week and he was there from England. And uh, he did a short documentary on me for PBS, which I liked very much. Okay. It was very well done. Uh, not too much, not just right, you know. Mm-hmm. And then about a year later, he called me and he said, you know, maybe we should start, maybe we should try a book together. I said, yeah, but you were so far away. You, you have to be here so I could tell you about my life. He said, well, I can't. The government wouldn't let them in, you know, COVID. You mm-hmm. it wouldn't let anybody out and in. So uh, we did it long distance. And I, I guess, did you use Zoom? I mean, there's so much technology now. Yeah, but, you know, you can, but it's just not the same. Yeah. It's not like I can Zoom for like a half hour and then I go about my business and I say, oh, I forgot to tell them that. Forgot to. It's not like <laughs> It's not like somebody you can say, oh, let's have another coffee next. Tomorrow, I forgot something today. I've got a mm-hmm. whole thing for you to tell you. We'll do it tomorrow. It's it's different. Okay. But yet you guys created a beautiful, I mean, I, I have to tell, I said to my mother, because she kept saying, are you almost done with the book? I want to read it next. <laughs> and I said, this is an experience. You know, buckle up because this is an experience. You will experience everything right along with Tova. And then you'll experience the triumph of her emigrating to the United States, meeting her future husband when she was a teenager and building a beautiful life and a beautiful family. And and it's really, you'll never forget this book. So I'm actually going to give it to her today to start reading. Um, This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. There's something important I want to ask you. Since the war started when you were just a toddler, what was your memory? Because laughter is such an important part of life. When did you first laugh? When is the first time you laughed? Like a real laugh where something is just so funny and you're so happy. I want to tell you something. I'm not a big laugh. I don't laugh too much. Okay. So I decided I have to learn to laugh. So I took a stand-up comedy class. Oh, wow. For seven weeks. Okay. And I failed it. (laughs) He said to me, you know, don't give up your day job. 
You can't find anything funny in your childhood. So I don't think it's so good. He didn't know my background at all. Okay. But laughter has become very important, especially if you do therapy. Mm -hmm. Sit together and it's so difficult sometimes. So I somehow find levity, something that you can sort of laugh at or uh, simple things like that. Like saying, oh, you're all dressed up today. Are you going somewhere? And the person would say, no, I'm coming to you. I said, well, I'm really honored. I never saw you so clean. You know, but something that comes out funny, not insulting or anything, really funny. So um, I I try very hard. I, I try very hard to see the funny side of things because otherwise life is very... It's really too hard. Yeah. Too hard. You and you have you have quite you have a lot of strong sensed memory where you speak in the book about to to this day you can recall a lot of the sights, the smells, the sounds. How do you uh, and I know that you're a clinical social social worker, correct? Are you a therapist? Okay. Yeah. In counseling yourself, how do you deal with that? How do you process that day to day? You mean now when I counsel myself now? When you counsel yourself, yeah. How do you process it and deal with it? I want to tell you, my husband died two years ago after 60 years of marriage. I believe believe very strongly in self-talk. Mm-hmm. Very strongly because I tell my clients, I see you only once a week for 45 or 50 minutes. You live with yourself every day, 24-7. Great chance to do therapy. Find a spot in your house where you're very comfortable and talk to yourself. I use it all the time. Me I too. Do. do you? Good. Yes. I do meditation every morning. Mm-hmm. And, and I, what is the meditation that you do each morning? Each my morning. own. I don't, I've never taken a class in meditation. Okay. Or anything. I just sit like, you know, like yoga position, mm-hmm. close my eyes, and I say, okay, another challenging day. Make me worthy of the challenge. I don't know to whom I'm talking. Maybe to the right. wall. I don't know. You know, make me worthy and make me, and help me not lose my sense of humor. Right. I, I do this over and over again, and it's sort of, it's a good way to start. It's as good as having a cup of coffee. Okay. Just, you start the day like that, but I do believe in in, in self-talk a lot. Sometimes I talk out loud, and my grandkids say, why are you saying these things? And I say, what do you mean? <laughs> I say, you're eavesdropping to me. <laughs> no, you were talking out loud. I do the same thing. I get busted all the time talking to myself. I've told other people this during interviews because first of all, it's how I write. It's how I process my thoughts. I talk to myself all the time and I get caught all the time. Now you can get away with it because people think you're talking on the phone. Yes. (laughs) Wait, let me fix my Bluetooth. (laughs) So I process a lot of stuff. Right. I threw through my life when things were just impossible or 
difficult or I made mistakes or mm-hmm. said bad things and I'm sorry about it and all that. I process it so that to see whether I can, you know, live th- live with it. Yeah. What is your advice to somebody who's going through a trauma and they have to rise to the occasion and survive and overcome whatever it is they're going through? I really, the thing that I think we need most is hope. If you hope, it's sort of a belief that you'll overcome. It'll just take some time. You know, one of my favorite person is Ben-Gurion. I don't know if you know, he was the president, the first president of Israel. The okay. very first, the very first. He started, the, he, ma- he made the country possible. And he used to have a saying that I love. Things that are difficult to, to accomplish will take some time. Things that are just impossible will just take a little longer. So I, I have that as part of my mental state. And I and the people go through trauma and I say, look, you have hope that you will overcome this. It'll just take more time than you expect. You may right. get help than you expect. You may need different things, than, but it's going to happen eventually. And you just have to be patient. And you have to be there to get it. Right. So you can't do anything terrible to yourself. You have right. to be there to see the change. Amen. Amen. And tell me, in your, from your perspective, the importance of the state of Israel and why it's important that, that the country remains strong and healthy and democratic. Well, I was just there two weeks ago. It, it gives you such a fabulously warm feeling in how it's growing and it's how strong it is. I feel protected. When people ask me, can this happen again? I want to say in my head, I don't always say it because it's not politically correct. I don't think it'll happen to the Jews. Israel won't allow it. If there would be a massacre somewhere, I mean, just imagine somebody will come to Del Rey where all the Jews were. You will have Israeli uh, troopers mm-hmm. somehow. Yes. Like, remember Entebbe? Who? Entebbe. Entebbe was no. a place in Africa. Don't remember where. Well, you were probably not even born yet. I don't know. Okay. And they had hostages, Israeli hostages, and nobody could free them. No one. The tro- uh, Israeli troopers came and freed them. Okay. You know, Interesting, so, because because we became organized as a people. Because yeah. they are used to that. Because we yeah. have been we have been victimized throughout history, right? And I think people have started saying no more, no, never again, no victimization. We're not allowing it. And I uh, think that Israel is probably will find a way to stop anything like that. That could possibly right. happen. So I usually ask people a certain question. And the question that I usually ask people is if you could travel back in time and change one famous historical event, where would you go and what would you attempt to change? I would, now, stop, with you, I, I would, I would stop Kristallnacht. Okay. Kristallnacht? Yes, the night of broken glass. Exactly. Can, uh, you, can you explain what that is for people who don't know? 
Well, uh, if you give me the exact date, I think it's 1938, November 9th. Could be, I hope I'm not wrong. You can look it up. I I'll look it up. Time. And um, uh, Hitler sent all his, his hoodlums, I call them, because that's what they were, with clubs and guns and went all through Germany and Poland and all over destroying the temples, the, breaking all the, all the glass, stores, right. temples, uh, private homes, and killed anybody who was in the way. It wasn't, I don't think, to kill people, but if you happen to be in a building, you die. And uh, that was the first time, I th one of the first times, I think, maybe the first, that he showed his power, international power. Okay. And that was the time when she would have been stopped. I go back to history, mm -hmm. and I would get all the nations together and mm -hmm. say, you cannot just go and break everybody's synagogue or everybody's, well, didn't do the churches, but it's the same kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And you are going now to be no no chancellor any longer. You, you you're too dangerous. Perfect. That's that's a that's a flawless answer. Um, and what do you think you came into this life and into this incarnation as Tova Friedman to learn? And what do you think you came here to teach? I came to learn that you could overcome. Now, I never thought of it before because I don't believe in incarnation. So um, the idea, but if I were to believe in incarnation and if I were to believe that I came here for a purpose, mm -hmm. it would be that one can overcome a lot um, with help from others. I had therapy. Right. I was lucky with my family and my husband and my children and my job. I'm still working. So you can overcome. You can heal yourself. That's what I learned okay. about myself. And that's what I would like to teach. Okay. Same exact thing. And that's why I'm a therapist, because I believe in hope mm -hmm. and overcoming and you could overcome a lot, a lot of pain and come out on the other side cleansed, healthier. Beautiful. Do that. Have you suffered any long-term health effects from the starvate, from the malnutrition and the effects of what you went through as a small child, or did you, did you not suffer any long? -term? Who knows? I, okay. had, I had cancer 20 right. years ago. I don't know if that's, um, I had TB, you know, TB. That's what I, tuberculosis, tuberculosis years ago, all years ago, but okay. to have come out the other side, and I'm, 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 I'm and you're good, and I'm okay. Yeah. Since the Queen of England just passed, it was brought to my attention this morning, and I didn't know this. It was, it was an article that was sent my way that the royal family actually helped 
a lot of Jewish people during World War II. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't. But I'm, have- ha- I'm very happy to hear it. Yeah, she look into it because I was surprised myself. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that they helped. I think they they saved um, quite a lot of Jewish people. They yeah, they they helped. I don't remember if it was refugees, people that were escaping the Nazi regime, but definitely look into it because it's quite interesting. Wonderful to hear. I was just in the palace two weeks ago. Really? Yeah. I, was that, is that was that your first time there? I went uh, to England to London for my for the book. Okay. So yeah. I went there at, uh, for for uh, what is it called when you go uh, to promote the book? And yes. And when at some spare time, I, my daughter Taya, and my mm-hmm. grandson uh, Aaron went to the palace, and we had a. You know, we saw the changing of the guards. We did a lot of, I'm so glad we were there at the time before the the queen died. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the for, the foreword in the book, was it Sir Ben Kingsley who yes, did the foreword? Sir Ben Kingsley, yeah. He, yeah. Me. he called me and, and we met at my daughter's house. He's the most unbelievable, wonderful human being I have ever met. He's a highlight of my life. The one hour together. He is a gem. He is even nicer in person. He's he's great as an actor, but as a person, I have met. I have never met anybody better. Did he say to you, Tova? I'd like to contribute a forward to your book. No, I asked him. Oh yeah. (laughs) I have chutzpah. Well, you know, I thought that. I I thought that after spending an hour together, and it was yeah. such a good hour, and he said to me, if I ever make another Holocaust film, I'm going to dedicate it to you. And oh. he said such nice things about me that my son put, uh, he taped it, you know, a little tape. So I thought I'll take a chance. And he was so wonderful, and he did it right away. Love it. Love it. And your grandson created a TikTok account for right. you, and you're a big hit. Aaron Goodman put his name on. So the TikTok is at Tova Friedman, and you answer a lot of questions for you. Yeah, I answer questions. I also have a website. Yeah. What's your website? It's easy. Tova Friedman Survivor.com. No capitals. Perfect. Okay. And your son book, made it for me. Huh? My son made it for me. So it's, it should be easy. I love how your family is, is involved in, We're in spreading the message. They're holding me up. I they love it. My entourage. <laughs> I love it. That's the best entourage to have is family, right? Right, right. And your book, The Daughter of Auschwitz, is out now. Right. Right. When did it come out on the seventh on your birthday, or did it? When did it come uh, the sixth, the day before my birthday. The day before your birthday. Okay, the daughter of Auschwitz. It is a beautiful, poignant, tragic but necessary story, and it it really, like I said, it's not just a book; it's a journey. So people absolutely must read it. And Tova, I want to thank you so much. This thank has you. meant the world to me, truly. Thank you. You're great. Really good. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. So take care. Best of luck with the book. And this was a joy. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 
So that was the completion of my two-parter interview with Miss Tova Friedman, now one of my favorite human beings to have ever walked the earth. I, I am in such awe of this woman and I will tell you, we're both Virgos. So Tova's a Virgo, I'm a Virgo. Her birthday is September 7th. She just turned 84. My birthday is September 12th. I just turned 48. And this was my birthday gift. If there was nothing else for my birthday, this was the greatest gift because I got to actually shoot this interview. I forget if it was on my birthday or a couple of days before my birthday. And my God, what a gift. I hope you guys felt the same. Don't forget to leave me a comment, leave me a review, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on Instagram. You can find me at the Allison Kugel. That's the Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, Kugel, K-U-G-E-L. And I will catch you guys on the next go around. Peace.